You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The National Championships. 27 SEC titles. 131 first-team All-Americans. 70 postseason appearances. 39 postseason victories. This is Alabama football. And this is Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And so welcome into Alabama tradition, the past, present, future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're going to get into a lot of different things. And I've got a rumor about the guy across the glass uh, that Mark Houston has informed me uh, talking about running backs. And he didn't value, he didn't value rushing attack, Mark Houston. Is there anything we can do in the next hour to convince him? Uh, that running the football is an important way of winning the game. Gaither is behind the glass. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. Good day, sir. I hope all is well. All is well, Ryan. And uh, Joe and I have a blast. Uh, if you're missing out uh, starting your day off uh, at 6 a.m., you're missing a blast uh, on, on our is it more you know, lively? Is it more lively at 6 than it is at 5.45 in the morning? No, I'm sure. I'm sure you 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 do a good job in everything, but I mean, you know. I mean, but I mean, we, y'all Joe have, and I, Joe and I. No, have, I mean, y'all have pep in your step. At, oh, at five, absolutely! At, at six o'clock in the morning, we are wide open. I promise you, you can't turn on and say, "Oh, those guys just now waking up," even though I may feel like it. <laughs> okay, okay, but it, it's it's a lot of fun, and Joe Joe do a great job. I'm glad yeah. you're getting to do Alabama tradition tonight, and, and so we get to hang out with this guy. Uh, and tonight we're going to see if we can convince him that running the football is important. Um, Martin, I brought up a stat uh, <laughs> earlier uh, to Gaither because I knew he was over there. When you and I, I think, are close on this rushing attack and why it's important. And so I go back, and I've you and I have talked about this. Chris Lowe, i got to give him credit. Uh, he said Alabama's at its best when we bloody people's nose at the point of attack. And we, we run with imposing your will. Uh, and I just don't feel that we've had this. And stats back it up. If you want to look at yards per attempt or if you want to look at total years, I went back and I went through all of our national championship years under Nick Saban. And I know football's changed, so I'm trying to give the out the, <laughs> the, the, the out because it's changed. But in this current time that we live in, and where we're tying this back to, I feel like that Alabama – will look like a different team this year compared to years past. I, I asked the question uh, on my show, would the identity of Alabama be different this year? And, and Joe and I, I think we've kind of come to an understanding that identity and how much you run the ball can be two different things. Okay. You, you can have an identity of being a run team, but your percentage could be still 70-30. But when you want to run it, uh, you you can bloody people knows it, as you said, and I think that identity uh, will be more in line with that. And what I mean by identity is when you walk into the ring, when you 
the, the, the guy that in, 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 in Ali's time, people used to talk about Ali's identity was that he was going, he was going to talk you to death and then he was going to jab you. I mean, he was just, he was just going to rope or dope you to death. Tyson walked into the ring and his identity was, I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you. So, so they both have identities. It doesn't make one better than the other, but what it does is it makes the opponent feel a certain way. And I guess for me, it, 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 and Joe and I have even talked about this feel. I like the way the game feels when we blooded other teams nose. I like, I like when we walk off the field, Ryan, I don't like that other team to feel like, man, we had a fighting chance. And that's to me probably the biggest difference between the old Alabama of what I'm talking about is the feel. You used to feel like when the game was over, that team knew. I, I, Notre Dame. Notre Dame would not. If if they were being honest, Notre Dame would say, "Listen, uh, let's play somebody else. Let's not sign up for that again." No, you know, I mean, and that is that is what I'm talking about. Not based on number of carries, Ryan, but on the fact that Alabama clearly is the daddy on the field. And I think we lost a little bit of that, even though we were the better team. 99% of the time in the games we've played, you just don't feel that way. I mean, this team probably averages 330, 340 across the front. <laughs> if if they, if they oh, don't God. do it this year, Martin, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw in my run-the-ball shirts. I'm done with it because but, it, we're just not going to go back to it. If, this, if so, Nick Saban doesn't show me that, that he still likes that brand, well, then I won't advocate this, for it anymore. Let me ask you this. Do, do we have – are you looking for a percentage of run – or, or I want, or like it, when, the Michigan I want game. it when we're inside the opponent's two yard line that we're not trying to do a stupid trick replay and try to catch somebody s- slipping out of the backfield that a play that hasn't worked all season. Line it up and pound the football. Hey, you know, I don't know if anybody's thought about this. I think the Najee Harris pass off the back was a play that we ran against LSU and it didn't work. And I think we tried to come back to it. I, I don't know if it's as much Nick Saban as it is the coordinators and their philosophy and their style. And if, if you're, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, you're welcome to jump in here. Do you ever, do you think sometimes these guys call games so that they can make sure that if something goes south where they're at, that they can get a job somewhere else? Because if you get, if you get caught in pigeonholed into, um, 2009, 2010's kind of offense coordinator, your your pool of where you're going to get hired if something goes south with Nick Saban goes. So I just wonder, do you call the games the way the games are called? So that, and if you have a talent like Alabama, you can do that and get away with it. So that you can get a job at the next place. I don't know if that goes into it, but well, sometimes I'm like, Martin, can I add this to it? But because. You think about Nick Saban blocks his coordinators from getting any publicity. I mean, you get publicity right. at Alabama, but so, it's the only way they can talk. That's, that's right. So that's what I'm saying is sometimes sometimes Lane Kiffin, I know Lane Kiffin called plays not just for Lane just not just for Lane Kiffin to show, but for the world to see I'm still creative. Well, he's I'm a, still he's a novelty play caller. Right. And 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 I think Sark has a little bit of that as well. And if those guys don't get to do that, think about if you were here for three years, Sark hasn't got to speak to the media, but what, twice, three times? Oh, and it's like five minutes, and it's got one of those, like, okay, have you ever been uh, hunting, like rabbit hunting, 
and you got like the the dogs that have these collars, okay? And let's just say that the the the, the beagles are on a rabbit, okay? Like they're on a rabbit. Well, the the owner of those beagles has like a collar, and it's a sensor, and it like it, they can pull the rabbit off the trail, like the beagle the off, off the trail, the like by one button, and all those beagles come right back to the truck if they're trained properly. Sark walks out there with five minutes. Nick Saban's got to be sitting back there with a remote control <laughs> saying, listen, if he steps up, you know, I mean, Lane Kiffin, you believe Lane Kiffin went out there with true freedom? I mean, he even admitted. He said, I just walked out of Coach's office. He told me what to say. Yeah, and, and so I guess so, what I'm saying is for you to – see, I talked about it this morning. I don't need us to go 60-40 run to feel – like we're a run team. I just wanna I just wanna feel like we could do what we did against Michigan. I watched the Michigan game and that that was it was similar play calling, but it felt different because we just we went to it and I don't know if that was because they wanted to highlight Najee, if Nick Saban wanted to noodle <laughs> hardball, but you don't you don't put your God, you can't even use that saying anymore. Um, you don't. Um, you don't just put the guy down under your foot unless you can run the ball. In my opinion, I think that when Clemson realized we were not the physically dominant team anymore, they felt like they could play with us. I feel like Ohio State feels that now, and I feel like uh, so we Georgia, gotta get that back. Yeah, but I don't think you have to run it. You and I agree we need to run it more, but I don't know if we have to run it, you know, if you run 60 plays, I don't know if I have to run 40 and 20. Gaither, jump in here, man. Come on, Gaither. Gaither, you want some of this rushing attack? I mean, it's about timely running. And and that's what I'm saying. Okay, third and one or first and one uh, or first and two at the two. uh, The Najee Harris play off the back was a perfect play call. It was poor execution. He was sitting there wide open in the flat, but oh, Ali Keho didn't get a block and had a linebacker stuffed right in his face. Well, why did you have a linebacker in there playing now, fullback? That's the better question, not yeah. the philosophy. I, now, that's the better question. Now, I will, I will say this: like sometimes you say that's that that's that was a good play call, but I think it was called because of something else, and that's just because of, we tried it against LSU and it didn't work. And I think we saw the same thing and we came back to it. And, and, and that's I think that's exactly what you should do. If you see the look that you want and you have a play that you like, call it. Right. And I'm not saying you don't, but I'm, I also go back to Coach Stall, Coach Stall, Coach Brian thing. When you put the ball in the air, when you when you put call when you put the ball in the air, what happens? <laughs> what do you, you, you? There's only three things that happen, and two of them are bad. That's Coach you know Coach Brian's philosophy, and that's not all bad. I just wish we had ran it in. I wish we had tried to run it first and then came back to it. But that, that, if that had worked, nobody would be saying anything. Now, against now, I'm gonna tell you a play where that happened, and I disagree with with that mentality. When Seahawks did that on the goal line in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, that 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 wasn't a smart call. I, you know, because you're playing the result. Don't play no, the result. No, 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 no. I'm not playing the result. I. I I I think that I don't think that's a smart play call 
right there, based on the way things were going. Marshawn Lynch was a beast. He was in beast mode, and he was driving the ball. He had just got that big play to put the ball there. That's what I mean. That, that When you say timely running, that's what I'm saying. He was like, he was feeling it. You feed the beast. It's like when Tua gets. Weren't they out of timeouts? Huh? Weren't the Seahawks out of timeouts? If he gets stopped there, the clock runs out and the game's over anyways. I don't think so because they came back out and played. They came out again. I don't think the time clock would have ran out. They had like but, six, 20-something seconds left. Yeah, you, and you can get a playoff in 20-something seconds. So, But, you know, it's neither here nor there. That, 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 but but my point, I think we may define timely running different. Timely running to me is run it when you want to. Run it when you want to. And how you want to. And that's what Alabama used to be able to do. And I don't know that we can do that now. No, I, I can answer that question. No, we're not able to. Like, I don't, and, and I don't even think, I don't even, th- well, and I don't even think the, the players have confidence anymore. Like, DJ Fluker, when he jumped up, I'm telling you, it's my favorite minute <laughs> of, of the Alabama dynasty. We're playing Georgia on their field. And he, he has enough confidence in his team. Because he knows he's better than that other defensive front, and he knows they're going to push him around, and that's the confidence that I just want to see. Let me ask. Let me ask Joe Go this way. It. You know, like there was a time where we didn't have a great two minute offense, even though we could pass the ball, and, right? I mean, I'm not talking about in the last couple of years, but in, in, in times where we, if we needed a two minute drill, we may have struggled. Okay, to me, we don't have a. We I don't feel confident in our four minute offense. Because I, I haven't seen us be able to execute it. Because we score too fast? No, no. Well, that could be. Well, I mean, I, I think that contributes to it, Joe, without a doubt. I'm talking about Nick Saban himself has said when we need to, we need to be able to run our four-minute offense. And part of that comes from being able to practice that and do that. And I don't think that we – we hadn't had to use it a lot, but I don't know that we've had that. And it's not just talent. And it's not just whether you can do it. It's a mentality of the players. And I think these players seem like they were getting it back by the end of last year. And that's not because Tua was out. And what I'm saying is I saw what I wanted to see against Michigan. I saw us come out and go, hey, we're going to take this game and we're going to put it away. You're not going to have any more opportunities if you if you stop us. We're gonna just we just gonna methodically drive it. If you let us score quick, we're gonna put the game out of hand anyway. So either way, and that's what I want to see, and I believe we're gonna see more of that when we decide to run, not necessarily how often we run. See, I just think it's but I just like playing against a defense who can never be right. You put men in the box, we're gonna throw it and rip you apart to stop the run. You 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 go you Put a dime package, you put a nickel package out there, we're going to run it for six yards of carry, and you'll never be right, ever. And I, I, that, but to me, that's when, that's when you do it. When they put it in there, you can do it or not do it. See, I think we've been perfectly capable of that in the, in the last two or three years. Well, then why have we not done it? I don't think there's any confidence to do it. Per, uh, confidence to do what? Nick Saban has said that we need to work on a four-minute offense, not me. Well, I'm saying when the, I think that the Alabama offense has been perfectly capable of making the defense wrong 100% of the time. Over the last two years, based off scheme and alignment, and I think that you've seen, you know, you see uh, uh, pretty much an all-world quarterback get called RPOs, probably way too heavily, and then saying, "Well, I can rip this ball in there. It's an RPO, but I'm gonna pass it." 
right, back back up just for and that may be what the part of the problem was that we 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 actually in my in my opinion I think we've called runs a lot more than we've ran the ball. I agree uh, under, under under Sarkeesian, and, and, and but Tua Tua has taken that and completely that, agree. And, and so to me, that's what. And that and that takes away from what you see and what you experience. And I'm talking about from a fan standpoint. By the way, it, it, all, all my conversation is not about winning and losing because we're still winning plenty of games. My thing is, and I know I'm old school, Ryan, but that's okay. Well, I mean, I never, I never forget. And I'm sitting here. I cannot get this out of my mind as we're sitting here talking. Coach Tollins came on this show uh, and said it's probably three years ago. He started a show. And I want to say it was after we lost a game. He came on and he said, Ryan, when did a four-yard gain become a negative play in college football? And, and I, I went – five years ago. <laughs> think about it. Think about it. If, if a running back runs for four yards, it's, it's viewed as a negative play currently in college football. He didn't even have a response to me. I said, Coach, I, I, don't, I don't really know. And, and that was the question that he was trying to ask me because I, I don't – but he's right, and I spent tons of time thinking about what he said. It's the flash. It's it's kind of like a baseball. What do people want to see? They want to run, baby. Hey, let me ask you this, Joe. But in, they don't in the Clemson game when we lost by that one point. Could we not? That's that's the moment that where we didn't we didn't exert our will over them. Fair, that, yeah, and that. And that that's that's what I'm talking about. Is in those moments, you can't run in the ball the way I'm talking about is a mentality, and it's not something you can just flip on. and And I don't know that. But we've what had defense that. had challenges prior to that Clemson game to say you guys got to really step up your mentality, step up your toughness, right? Oh, I, I'm not saying you, so. so you, prior to that game, the guys probably felt like you know you call a run play, we're getting five yards. Um, I don't know that we didn't do that much against Washington. <laughs> yeah, that was a struggle. Uh, it yeah, was. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, well, our coordinator Bo- went rogue. Uh, on the broke one out at the end. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of made it look a little, little, little sure. different. But, but that, I guess that's what I'm saying is like, like when Fluker looked to the sideline <laughs> and said Georgia, he told the coaches run, run the-, the blank ball. <laughs> I never. But, but I'm it. okay with passing too. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> You're just going to be a sorry college football fan. For the next I, all t- I want to do is just – I want to pass. I think the game has moved on. I you think it go me, back. You give me this offensive line, and you give me Najee Harris and Brian Robinson and a oh, healthy I think we Trey totally, Sanders. I'm with you. That we, the, the, the way the makeup of the team I wouldn't, is, we, we ought to be pounding teams 40 carries a game. But I, I that's would, just not the way I college would, football operates Well, right and, now. and that's the crazy part of it is, is – I think some coach is going to go – you know what? Everybody has moved to these three three defenses, and and even when they have eight in the box, it's only uh, defensive linemen. It's only defensive. I mean, it's like linebackers and DBs. Well, I, and they go in the, in the, in the not not I formation traditional, but run based schemes are going to become like the option, meaning that you can implement that when you have more talent than the other team. You can implement that as a matter of choking the life out of the other team. Well, I remember uh, Bryant and Northridge separated uh, from Central and created two feeder schools. And it may have been the second year, but I think it was the first year. 
Bryant came out in the Notre Dame box and, 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 and had a winning season, their initial high school season. Why? Because no, <laughs> nobody's, no, no, nobody's accustomed to it. Go, go put a 190-pound defensive back on that field and try to tackle Najee Harris by himself. It ain't happening. He's going to have to call for some backup. And, and I just think if we get physical, um, I mean, I know three yards in a cloud of dust, it, it – it may not be what it used to yeah, be. but is that going to work against an LSU? Is that going to work against an Auburn defensive front who's you know, probably going to be pretty good again? Is that going to work against well, you your Brian, Ohio State, your Clemson's? Let me yeah. ask you this way, Joe. Is, is Alabama a physical football team or a finesse football team? Finesse. Just question. depends on what positions you're talking about. Uh, in, but in, 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 as a in, whole, probably right, I agree with Brian, finesse team. But you in, play to your strengths. You got a three hundred and thirty-five pound average offensive team, line. Well, if you're a finesse team, why are you going to try to make them do something that they're that they're not? I, I don't know that they can't be both. I think they should be both. That, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is is bring that element back as well. But I, I think we we're finding out here at Alabama what we found out from the Big Twelve. But Deontay you Brown's to, a, is a physical player. Land, uh, Dickerson's a physical player. You got two. <laughs> you got two mean, nasty, yeah, mean guys old, up front. Hey, listen, the way I describe them, you hadn't heard me go through a football season. I call them old school nasty, okay? And, the, and they are. I, I totally agree with that. And that's what I'm saying is. I don't know how mean Leatherwood is. I I hadn't seen it yet. But, but Dickerson made Jedrick Wills meaner. Jedrick Wills became a more nasty Football player, he just jumped outside a little bit. <laughs> and and Landon's going to have to get his hearing checked. Uh, I, no, I we know, like it the way it is. No, I, I know we're worried about this COVID, but that 15-yard penalty, man, I mean, that's uh, that can hurt you a little bit. Uh, Give me a couple of those to set the tone. Okay. You know what? If it takes that to kind of get back to our main strength, I'm okay with it. Uh, we'll continue. That's Mark Houston. That's Gaither. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. You are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. So Alabama's already got some big news this week. We continue the trend of Devontae Smith. You know, Devontae Smith, you know, going into last year, he wanted to be known as something more than the second 26 uh, wide receiver. Uh, I've got a photo hanging on my wall from uh, that great moment in Alabama football history, uh, Devontae Smith stretching out that 41-yard reception. He did. I thought he was... I thought he was the alpha in that room uh, last year. I, I just uh, Devonte Smith. Well, I mean, look I, at the stats. De- Devonte Smith is a big game player. Now the question is, was he the big game player because there was a big game player on the other side that took? You know, would would Judy have been if Devonte had been put out there as the 
best guy would Judy have had those types of games. But I'm going to tell you, regardless, Devontae Smith didn't back down from a challenge. Devontae Smith is a big-time wide receiver. And the thing I like about him most, and that's what's neat about the way Nick Saban has recruited wide receivers. Jerry Judy, man, his feet and his route running, we've said, oh, uh, Amari Cooper, best route runner we've ever seen. Then we said uh, Ridley, best route runner. And it's not an exaggeration. And Jerry Judy took what they did and elevated it. He is is, as good a route runner. But hands catching the ball, if you get it close to Devontae Smith, catch. Catch, Ryan. Catch. If I would have told you last summer that Devontae Smith was going to have 68 receptions, 1,256 yards, 18.5-yard average every time he touched the football, and 14 (laughs) touchdowns, you would have told me I was crazy. And that guy returned. (laughs) That's That's the guy that came back. So maybe that's why they don't throw. The, maybe that's why they don't run the football. I mean, I mean, I guess if I was looking at Jerry, Judy, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle, I guess I'd probably just throw it around too. Uh, well, one ball to go around, Ryan. But and, you know the other. And part, I've often said, Ryan, and I have to be fair to the passing thing, Ryan, is what difference does it make if you run the yards or pass the yards if you get the yards? I just want to be able to do whichever one I want to do it when I want to do it. <laughs> but but Mark, you've said it a hundred times, and Gaither, I want you to jump in here. We had a young defense. We scored so quick yes. that we had no time to correct anything on the field. And and I know that sounds like I'm complaining about what do they say, first world problems or whatever. It, it's how, definitely it's definitely a first world problem, but it still is a problem. I mean we, we <laughs> scored like seconds. I mean I'd like to know our average time of possession on scoring drives. Because how many times did we you know, that's why they, they Ran for all the yardage. I mean, it was like we were almost scoring so quick. There was no coaching. Uh, so we don't even really know how good some of these guys can be. You ready to give Pete Golden some props this week? Yeah, he, he, uh, he He's pulled in three of our nine recruits, and we got two on the hook this week that he's, got, he's responsible for. And we got another uh, possibility. We talk about Dallas Turner. So yeah, that's what I mean. Two on the hook. Dallas Turner and Kyrie Jack. Uh, no, uh, who is the other? Uh, Kendrick Blackshire. Sorry. Are the, the two guys. Out of who, Texas. Yeah, who might be committing this week. And so you're looking, and I know we said right, right into Devontae Smith, wide receiver, but now we're getting another Devontae Smith, and uh, we pulled him away from Ohio State. So anytime you can beat the Buckeyes, uh, we'll beat them in 2027, 20, 2028. Hopefully, for a another. defensive back, especially, they've put six DBs in the first round, uh, in, the first round in five years. Yeah, they've had the same run on DBs that we've had on the wide receiver position. And you're talking about they're, they're becoming known as DBU, and, and he's a native. I mean, it's not just – I mean, I mean isn't he from Ohio? So, yeah. and then so. Sean Alexander uh, tweeting out, you know, talking about the, the pedigree. Yeah. yeah pretty so, cool. he says, Bama world, welcome my cousin to Alabama. And uh, But did you hear the young man? The young man said – Alabama was my dream school. Wow. My dream school. Um, And, you know, Nick Saban, sometimes if he's not on a guy early, he doesn't do anything until that kid gets to come to camp. Um, 
And then, of course, that got taken away, and that's where you and I and Joe and the whole Bama Nation were like, oh, my God, is Nick Saban going to be able to recover from this new world? And it, and I think you're seeing that his evaluation process is still solid. He just had to move it up, take out one step. And this young man, Ryan, they say that he, you know, he's lightning in a bottle. Uh, so I'm already looking forward to, like, when Waddle's gone, we're going to have Leary and Smith back returning kicks, and both of them are – you know, Jalen Waddle type player. So, uh, future looking bright for Alabama to continue, continue their dominance, uh, because we're moving up quickly in the recruiting rankings up to, I think, 19 in the composite. Wow. For all of those, uh, that, <laughs> that counted us out, uh, you know, and, and it was an adjustment. Well, we've watched Nick Saban in the early signing period struggle that first year. Uh, when you come out of this pandemic, I think he, was probably looking, going, okay, and it's probably like all of us. Uh, we're going to get camps back. Yeah. We're, we're going to get camps back. And then when you, you see the NCAA shutting that down, you back up and go, well, maybe we're not going to get camps back. And then we're going to have this continue, this dead period, and all the different things that they've put on recruiting restrictions. Uh, then he's adjusted. And I think you're, you're, you're kind of seeing that. And now you, I don't know if you know this. Even though we were like 40 and 43 and 35, we were number three or four the, the entire time on per player average. So, so even though we we weren't in the top twenty or whatever, Ryan, as far as the, and of course I know that they're mythical, but when you look at what he's done with four and five stars, as far as translating what I, I love it, two four seven explains. I don't know if you've ever heard how they explain how they give the stars. A, a guy that gets a five star is a guy that they believe will project to a first-rounder. So so even though there's nothing to that other than some guys making ratings, when they come to Alabama, Nick Saban carries that and makes that true like nine out of ten times. Those guys make it to the league as you know first-rounders. So it does mean something when you look at the average per player, and Nick Saban has had Alabama in the top five the entire time, and now we're moving up in overall ranking. Martin, I, I want to tie in a couple of different things. I want to take you to cbssports.com. Um, but before I do that, I'd like to take you uh, to Dennis Dodd's story for just a couple of minutes. And, and I, I I don't know how to, to say this. In other words, I, I'm friends with him, but I just disagree with, with this comment. He says, quote, on Twitter, he says, I don't want to sugarcoat it for you. Noted, University of Illinois computer science professor tells me, he says, three to seven FBS football players will die in 2020 due to the coronavirus. He says three to seven football players will die due to the coronavirus in 2020. And so then you click on the article and you go and you read this, and this computer scientist, Dr. Sheldon uh, Jacobson, told CBS Sports he expects a 30 to 50% infection rate of the approximately 13,000 players competing in this football season this season. Based on his research, he would also project three to seven deaths among those players due to COVID-19. I almost think that when, when, you, when you label this out here, like we have so many people that are fighting against football. And I see it from people that are profit from, and I'm not saying financial should determine your outcome one way or the other, but this is the part when I read stuff like this, 
Could you imagine? It, it, let's just say that one player gets sick, and we have a serious illness that you know. Let's just say that Lord forbid that a player has to go in a hospital and he has to have a ventilator, or he is you know falls into some bad terms. I don't because we're we're we've like reacted as a college football community just on projections. Like we we've had meltdowns just because of projections. And if we have one player that does get in this, you think the football season, you think they shut it down? Like in other words, you have one player out of all let's just use his thirteen thousand number right there. One player that has coronavirus that forces him to be hospitalized. You think the game of football shuts down? Because I say yes. I do too. I think I say yes as well. And you you, you push back on the uh, the percentage that he gave. What do you give? Thirty to forty percent will get infected. Yeah, thirty to fifty percent. Thirty Clemson, to fifty percent infection rate. Clemson's already at that thirty percent. So what does that tell you? That Clemson's not doing a very good job protecting their players. That's, or, that's, or, or or do we know when those kids got it? And see here here here's my pushback. Here's my pushback. Which is another rebuttal. Here's my pushback. Is okay. Three to seven players out of how many players in college football? FBS? Well, uh, FBS, 13,000. How many players die from that virus if you don't have football season? Ooh, yeah. That's great. Do you think think more players are going to catch it being here than they would? So you're just saying you eliminate the football game and and how many players? you, You eliminate fall football this year? What did, they go what run the, all over town. What, what did these guy? What was the article you just read about Tuscaloosa and college students? Football players aren't grown men, and that's what we forget sometimes. We do. These are 17, 18 to 22, 23 year old kids who are have the same mindset as all their other. They just bigger, faster, and stronger than the rest of us. The reality of it is, if you have nothing for these, I, I'm not sure that a lot of these who came back weren't people who had the virus. I talked to a medical professional at the University of Alabama. <laughs> he said they had the majority of the guys were like, huh, what? When they told them they were sick, right? They're like, do what? So so they had no clue. Well, I mean, we'd have the same so, reaction. Mark, you've got coronavirus. But my point is, if you cancel football but have college, do you think the same group of guys that's hanging out um, on – that they hang out in football when there's no football season. What do you think those guys, same guys are going to do? I mean, they're just going to socialize. They're going to socialize, and you're going to have less what? Medical attention paid to them. What? So a minor case, if you believe that projection, you might as well put that projection on if you don't have a football season, what's going to be the percentage of athletes who get infected and then uh, subsequently pass away. The athletes who pass away are probably going to pass away, Ryan, because athletes have underlying issues just like anyone else. Sure. So, so I'm not I'm not saying that that, that three to seven won't happen. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, is it going to be any different if you don't have a football season? That's a good point. I mean, and and but then the other side of this is you. you I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy to wrap your head around all of this. And it's like, what do you believe? What do you not believe? And 
Okay, you know, Ryan, who are they saying disproportionately is affected by this virus? Joe, you can add into this. Let, let, let's, let's talk about that on the other side because okay. yeah. it directly impacts it. Who is, uh, Ryan, Joe, listeners, who is disproportionately infected or impacted by the coronavirus in a negative sense? people with underlying no, no, no let's just save it okay i, I want you okay. to think about it all right and we'll continue with more of the game we'll talk about an alabama tradition the past present and future of the alabama crimson tide this is alabama tradition with martin houston and ryan fowler on your home for alabama sports tide 100.9 and streaming on the tide 100.9 app So this is Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future, the Alabama Crimson Tide. So as we as we tie into the conversation, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things that we're discussing. Uh, we're also monitoring, you know, what is happening here in the city of Tuscaloosa and uh, trying to get everything that we could possibly lay out there on the table. A lot of things out there, uh, the official votes coming up here in the next uh, few minutes, and we'll try to bring you uh, any news. And I know uh, throughout the evening, We'll have it here on Tide 100.9. I know Captain Ray and uh, Stephen, our digital editor, is is monitoring. Uh, they're both there present uh, and monitoring uh, the city council vote. Uh, let me also remind you, this coming weekend, it is July the 4th, fireworks. You'll be able to tune in uh, to this station, uh, 9 p.m., to listen to great music for Tuscaloosa Fireworks Show, sponsored by Robinson Automotive. That's coming up uh, this coming Saturday night. Nine o'clock, nine o'clock. So uh, great music. Uh, everything's in tune. So we're, we're trying to follow a lot of different things, a lot of different discussions. Martin, I'm going to let you pick back up on the point that you were just talking about a couple of seconds ago. Yeah, as we were going to break there, we were discussing uh, who is this disproportionately impacting. Uh, and the reason we're asking that question is going back to the Dennis Dodd article in the uh, University of Illinois professor making a statement that he thinks three to seven um, players are going to die this year if you have a football season because 30 to 50% is going to get the virus. I think there's several things there that you can throw up the question. First of all, is when and where is the 30 to 50% happening? If it all happens this summer, then that number drops way down. If it happens in the middle of the season, another story. If one player dies, will they cancel the season? I don't know. Um, uh, very possible, but I think it's based on what's going on with the rates at that time. But the reason I ask that question, Ryan, is I think of it from this point. Yes, we had a spike in players getting the virus and stuff like that. But what were these players doing right before they came back? What was happening in Tuscaloosa? What were, what were the players, before they officially it, it, reported, what were they doing the, they the, were, the, Saturday, the Friday and Saturday before you Alabama fans, if y'all don't know, you could have been you could have went over to the band field and watched your Alabama players up close and personal playing seven backyard seven, seven on seven yeah. backyard football. They, these kids were all together, but they had all just come back. 
together. So then you have a non-controlled environment, or you know, right. it, it's out of not really out of control, but you know what I'm talking it, about. It's, it's, you, you can control it better in the environment, right? And so they they came back, but when they came back, they many of them, and, and this person I spoke to said most of the guys who that tested positive came back with it. They 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 had they they were they they were like into it when they got it. So even though it was reported to us when those outbreaks happened, a lot of them were. But my point behind that, right? If you take away the college football season, what do you think is going to happen to a, a percentage of the players if if there's you know no football season? The seniors are going to do what? Especially those who already have their degrees. And there's a by the way, there's a bunch of Alabama players with eligibility that have. They don't have to be in college this semester and can go take the classes online because Alabama's made it possible. So they literally, if you cancel the football season, players can go back home. The majority of the players, a huge percentage of the players are African-American. Like it, love it, hate it. That's reality. They're black, okay? Many of them come from what? Not necessarily upper... Uh, the the high end of the social economic class. There's a lot of players who come from rural communities where the health care is lower. So are those players safer to go back to their homes, to their communities, where every and any and everybody is around them that's exposed to it? Plus, if they have an outbreak at home, where do they go? Man, if you get if they get sick over here, they're being tested, they're being watched, they're being monitored. So I don't know that it's it's safer for players so, to so, be away from campus, especially when you look at the numbers. So that three to seven could be that or higher if you don't have a season. What you just identified is something that I hope someone at the NCAA is you know, monitoring because I have to ask this question, and I'm not trying to place blame, but did the NCAA – because listen, you think about it. I, I'm just – I mean – I. Look at my normal house, okay? I'm not. I'm not trying to say it, I, I'm better or worse, or I, you know. Let's say that you make plans as a set of parents, and you have a son that's playing or at, at a university, and you buy another house. You may not even have room for that to put bring that that child back to your home, or I say child, young adult, uh, bring them back to your your home. So I look at the NCAA. Some of the numbers that we've had could be at their fault. Because that you, you cannot tell me they're so disconnected that they don't know this. I mean, in other words, they cause some of this because they put these preventions on these athletic departments where they couldn't take care of their players. Right. So they pretty much said, "Hey, uh, I, I know you you represent here, but I, so I go guess, home. Well, where, 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 where's I, home? And, well, where, and what did players end up doing?" They ended up, some of them, they just ended up grouping together. Oh, Mark. Some of them just stayed and hung out in the All apartments right. and watched so, Netflix and did. Right. So what do you what do you think? And, that, and spread it among. So had spread parties. It, you, you know, you know that happened. <laughs> with, with players who had apartments and, and places, players didn't have anything to go. They said, hey, man, I'm, I'm bringing my sleeping bag. Because they may not have somewhere to go back to. So the NCAA, I hope at some point we'll look at some of these discrepancies and, and, Face reality, but see, this just tells you, and I, I'm not—I don't—I I don't want to go off on the soapbox. The bureaucracy of the NCAA—they are so disconnected with the players that they represent. 
They have no idea. Wim Sanderson says, never correct about anything. Is that what he says? <laughs> yeah. Isn't Wim's perfect? Hey, listen. Coach Stallings says, I'm you, against it. <laughs> what, what is it? Let me ask you, if they're for it, I'm, yeah, against, I'm against it. it. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that the players, Joe, Ryan, was safer here Oh, it, or, not even or, or, or spread out back at home. It's not even. It's not even in the. It, it's it's a no brainer. Were they safer? Did, well, the, at, did NCAA create a safer environment for those players by by sending them and putting all those restrictions on the coaches being able to have well, access? He, he, to here's why we will test that. We'll see if this infection rate because the the numbers that we've had those were prior to that first own uh, campus activity that was allowed. If that infection rate goes up, then it, it will it will counter our point. But if that infection rate goes down, it'll prove the point that there were more exposure likely to get coronavirus outside than they are inside. Oh. And and you look at Jeff Allen and you look at the doctors; these are world renowned doctors. But, these guys have everything. Martin, they have right. Apple's products that can monitor your temp. So if, if what you, did they change, Ron? The, the only thing they changed when they limited was not the exposure, and, and it, it was the doctors that they had access to. So you see what I'm saying? I'm saying what I'm telling you is even if the infection rate go, would you rather? Would you if it was your child as a whole, the majority of us? Would you rather your child be in the confines of Alabama's medical facility or in the confines of the uh, local uh, where they have to get in line to see a doctor and have to stand in line, or would you rather they be able to walk up and say, hey, Jeff, hey, doc, hey, coach, and, and they're immediately taken care of. So even if they get infected, even if the infection, they're, they're likely to get, they're likely to infect fewer people and, and, and have their symptoms treated faster here than they would have anywhere else. Well, and, 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 and the Apple watches that they're wearing, does that take your, your temp? I'm sure there's probably an adjustment it, it, that you can get. I don't a, know if it takes, but I'm sure I'd it imagine monitors. You can. I'm sure it so, monitors. So you're it. sitting there going, okay, he's at 101. Uh, we got to pull uh, John in. Hey, let's go test it. Let's make sure. So, anyway, <laughs> but. It, and I know not, and, and maybe this is the, the issue, it's not everybody's like Alabama. I mean, not everybody has the facilities and the, you know, the catapult system that they, you know, monitor these players. So it you've got to give credit back to Nick Saban and this athletic team that comes up with this, and we often take it for granted, but the science, I mean, that's why they've just built a Let me ask you this, Ryan. Facility. Let's ask it a different way since you're saying the facilities are different. Do you think the players, and the, you think you could interview a player or interview a coach that would say, "I would rather have been limited in my access to my athletic facility and medical staff, and I would rather have been at home." Repeat it one more time, just to make sure. You're saying that not everybody is Alabama. I understand that, but would you rather have? Do you think you could ask players and coaches, would they rather have had their players here and the players, would they rather have been here in which place they felt safer? Do they feel – Oh, I, I don't – I think it's overwhelming. It would be that they would have preferred to have been here and had them here. And that's the point. Regardless of what the facilities are, you still – the players probably still would have rather been here and the coaches would have rather have had them here. 
because they feel safer. And that's what the masks are all about, feeling safe. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of debates, and it, it's – I don't know where it's going, don't know where it's been, but we'll cover it in a lot of different directions. Uh, still no official vote in the Tuscaloosa City Council, uh, but it looks like as we go into this break, uh, excuse me, the end of the show, uh, that they may or may not, they may not have enough votes to get it. They're going to have a unanimous vote. It doesn't look like they've got that, but that may change because there's no beneficial vote. Uh, Martin Houston, happy 4th of July, man. Happy 4th of July to all of Bama Nation. Rotate. That's Joe Gaither. I appreciate you, man. Uh, 13 hours right there behind the glass. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. A hot, muggy afternoon, scattered showers and storms in the area through the evening hours. The high today, 92, tonight's low, 73. Tomorrow and Thursday, a mix of sun and clouds both days with scattered showers and storms. Highs between 88 and 91. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Text us.